Hello, I'm Janet. And I'm Amber. And we are two girls and a bottle of wine. Because men like boobs. And girls like wine. Happy podcast day. Yeah, hump day, baby. It is. It is. And I realize there's not a perfect day for us to podcast. No. Because there's always stuff on. Um, Yeah. In fact, after we get done podcasting tonight, we'll... Well, I don't know about you, but I will definitely go start watching the finale of Big Brother All-Stars. Yes. Um, because I can't go to sleep without knowing. But we'll get I know. into that a little bit and later. And because the World Series ended last night, which I also yes. have a story about. I have um, notes about that. The Masked Singer so, will be back. Exactly. I was so excited. The Amazing but, Race will be on. It's just so yeah. much. I know. We are watching a lot of TV, Amber. <laughs> We are watching a lot of TV. And now that my husband's home, I'm like, hey, sorry, I got to get ready for the podcast. Got to watch The Bachelorette. (laughs) Hey, honey, got to watch Dancing with the Stars. Um, And I I do like you with Dancing with the Stars. I I have started where I just fast forward through the performances that I don't really care about. Yeah. But I don't delete it because if news comes out afterwards about something (laughs) happening... Then yeah. I go back and watch it. <laughs> I do the same thing. Yes. But coming up, we have Halloween on Saturday. Are you guys doing anything? Uh, no. So uh, because I work in the lab. Mm-hmm. Um, and You're not cases- working. Oh, no. I'm not oh, working. Okay. But cases are rising for COVID. Yeah. And um, I am back on super paranoid mode um, because, yet again, um Per the first wave, I I know too much. Mm-hmm. Um, so and because even though I already had it once, it does not make me immune. We do not know how long the antibodies live in people, and so um, it is best that with my history and background, <clears throat> that I not take things too lightly. No, I agree. We're not doing anything either. I have yeah. recorded a bunch of my fa- my favorite. <laughs> Halloween movies. So I've got Hocus Pocus in the DVR. I've got Practical Magic. I've got The Craft. I've got Scream. Oh, I love The Craft. Yes. So I I was like, Steve, we're going to be watching Halloween movies. He's like, oh, which ones? And then I told him and he was like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, you get the TV all dang day. And working from home, I see it. Like he sits, he gets up at a reasonable time. He's usually out of bed by eight. Gets his coffee, sits on the couch, and watches news and old westerns until at least 12 before he moves. Oh, man. I'm like, every damn day. Every day. Yeah. Over the weekend, there was, um, I somehow got on a channel that had a bunch of, like, Ouija board uh, movies. Ooh. And I'm kind of obsessed with the Ouija board. And um, so I watched all of those all day long. Um, But, yeah. Yeah, maybe we'll have to watch the craft this weekend. Maybe I'll make Nick watch it. It's really good. I love the craft. I loved it in high school, anyway. <laughs> yeah, I have a harder time watching Scream these days because I'm like, wow, this is it's really stupider than I remember. <laughs> I'll definitely but. probably put that one near the last of the rotation after I've had some wine. Um, there you go. Or truly, the true. I've been on a truly kick, and in fact, I am drinking. Truly, but I this is these are my last two. I'm smart this time. I brought two down. 
Nice job. Um, <laughs> uh, I've been drinking truly. In fact, I, I just finished off my, my box. I was like, Janet. <laughs> but it, it's easy. Like, it doesn't kick me in the tail like yeah. most drinks. So I can have one after work and I have no effects. Like, I'll just, it'll chill me out just a little bit. But most anything else, even Malibu, if I just have one Malibu and diet, and maybe I have a heavy pour, but the next day I'm kind of like, mm, I feel it a little bit. Fair. What are you drinking? Um, I am drinking Josh wine. I think it's the Legacy Red Blend, maybe. I thought we didn't like Josh. Oh, no, we love Josh. We did. Okay, I don't remember that. Steve had yeah. his, his first gig um, since March this last weekend in Little Rock. And one of his um, Facebook friends came to the show and brought him a bottle of wine. It's actually from Italy, but it's like... You know the the dummy books, like yeah. This on the label it says wine for dummies, but it's from Italy. It has the fancy number on the the yeah. label, and he he's like, "This is for your podcast." And I was like, "Steve, it's very nice of him, but I don't know when the girls are ever going to come over again." Twenty twenty one, maybe. No, in I, like a year, we're going to see each other in person. It'll be fine. Um, I yeah. So it'll be, it'll be down here in our stockpile, which I haven't touched. Well, I have, but then I replaced. <laughs> it's life. Um, yes, COVID numbers are going up. Um, you're in Adams County, right? So you guys got locked down a little bit? Uh, I think I'm in Broomfield or Boulder County. Oh, okay. All right. I know Adams County, like, shut down. The Grizzly Roses shut down again. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did see that there was a bunch more things shutting down, and I have a feeling... That by next week, we are going to be on full lockdown mode again. I definitely got the toilet paper, because I thought this might happen, and the paper towels. Um, I haven't been able to find much bleach cleaner since COVID. Yeah, it's really hard still. And All I wanted was one container of Clorox bleach wipes. Right. And rubbing alcohol hasn't been on the shelves anytime I've gone. And I'm a big rubbing alcohol fan. Like, I use it on a lot of things pre-COVID. I miss it. Anyway. Ugh. I know. But the nice thing is, is that we've gotten this FaceTime down podcasting. So even if we're locked down, we can still podcast. Exactly. I'm just really hoping that we're we're better by Thanksgiving because I'm supposed to go see the family. Ugh. Yeah, I know. I'm getting nervous that my flight that I have planned to go home um, for Christmas is not going to be able to happen. Yeah. But we so. all knew this this would happen. It would get colder and the numbers would, would go up. Yeah. I mean, if people would stop treating it like a political game and just wear a mask, we'd all be fine. I know. I wish people would stop saying, well, once the election's over, COVID will be gone. No, yeah, that's I really not how that don't works. think so. Like, every single yeah. person I know that's had COVID has had a different version of COVID. I don't want to see what my version looks like. I really yeah, don't. Yeah, it's not. Mm-mm. You just never know. But it's been motivating. So, like, I work out a lot to try and keep my immune system going. I'm taking the vitamin D and just there you go. to stay healthy. But I drink the truly. <laughs> drink the truly. All right. Let's jump into life. All right. Dancing with the stars. Yes, I have notes, I think. Do I? We, I have, we have a link. Do you have the Google Docs up? It was the only oh, I do, link yeah. I put in. <laughs> Look at you. Yeah. Got it. 
Oh. There's rules. Well, it's going to be fun. Yeah, we have some rules to go over that um, some of them we may have known about, some of them I did not. But rules that you didn't know Dancing with the Stars contestants have to follow. So first up, you have to get an offer from the casting director. Deanna Kantz works as the show's executive talent producer, and her job is to seek out the most interesting stars for the show. Interesting is in quotes in my head. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, she said, for your marketing, your career, it's like the Willy Wonka golden ticket. I don't know about that. I don't know about that either, because I actually feel like it... I'm not trying to say anything bad, because I love our Caitlin Bristow, and I don't feel like it's fully true on this season, but at the same time, it always tends to be like the... People that you... Washed are, out? Yeah, you haven't heard about in a while. Yeah, I mean, I honestly sometimes feel like they put Caitlin Bristow in this year just to... Appease her. Uh, <laughs> yeah, appease her, and then also bring in some extra audience. But, like, Nelly. Oh, yeah, Nelly. I think bringing in popular free people from the Bachelor franchise is good for ratings. Oh, for sure. All right, next up. Uh, <laughs> you don't have to be a trending celebrity. We just said uh, that. Right? Sometimes the cast of uh, Dancing with the Stars reads like a crazy dinner party from a dream and that's because Cats purposely, purposefully includes a mix of celebrities from across the entire pop culture zeitgeist. Um, she chooses nostalgia picks, people in the news, and even people who, in quotes, the idea of them dancing makes you laugh. Um, so that I mean, that's fairly true. Carol Baskin, right? Oh God, Carol Baskin. Maybe not a laugh. An ugh. <sighs> Next up, being a fan could help you get cast. The show looks for celebrities who are fans of the show. When scouting for t potential contestants, this move increases the odds that the star will sign on and help assure a good attitude um, during the process. Sorry, I was opening up my window because I'm roasting while you're freezing. You're not in the basement. No, I mean, I'm kind of in our basement, but it's not really like basement basement. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Uh, you aren't locked into the show after the cast reveal. This is So with all the fanfare that goes into announcing the cast, one would think that the contestant would be locked into an ironclad deal by the big reveal. Nope. There are always loopholes in show business. Interesting. And you know, you can but shouldn't drop out at the last minute. Vincent Passmore was the guy from The Sopranos, and he was rehearsing with one of the dancers, but had heart issues. So um, when John Ratzenberger joined and Mark McGrath dropped out and Rocco DiSapirto came in, Katz told Glamour producers even say some stars have kept them guessing if they're actually going to show Oof. up. That stinks. That would stress me out. I wouldn't be able to sleep. Yeah, no. That would not be okay. <sighs> um, but they do have a backup plan. So, so there are some stars that are cast as a backup. So in the event that a celebrity contestant doesn't show up, the show usually has a backup star who can take their place. When producers were afraid that Master P wasn't going to show, they had Kill Bill star David Carradine rehearsed and ready to go in a trailer on set just in case. 
That has to be exhausting. Oh, yeah. I, I worked my tail off, but I'm just a backup. And now I'm not going on the show. So I, it's a free workout and you paid for it. Well, I know. But then, like, think about the dancers, like the professional guys, like people. You know, then they got to train to. Uh, no, mm -mm. Mm. this show seems extremely stressful. And we're not even all the way through all of these items. <laughs> There's no disclosed age limit, though. Dancing with the Stars has never disclosed an age limit. And the youngest contestant to ever compete was 14-year-old Willow Shields. ABC also produced a spinoff show, Dancing with the Stars Juniors, for child stars and child celebrities. I do briefly remember hearing about that. Yeah, it's kind of like maybe I remember. Yeah. But when you're on the show, you are matched with a pro dancer very strategically. So have you ever wondered how these pairs come to be? Showrunner Rob Wade told E! News that it's a simple formula, and it's based on height, build, personality, and, of course, compatibility. And you were saying Jesse Metcalf was paired with the single girl, right? Mm-hmm. And that poor man that got stuck with Carol Baskin. That's got to stink. Hopefully he got a pay increase. Yep. And right. producers do make sure that partners like each other. After all, the stress and the rigor of live ballroom dancing is enough to serve up plenty of drama for the cameras. We don't pair people who aren't going to get along. Um, it's too intense. It's not like The Bachelor or anything. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to see two, two people who don't like each other. Very true. But despite mm -hmm. us talking about Jesse Metcalf, cast romances are encouraged. So, romances between contestants are a big topic of debate. Um, and producers love them because they help generate buzz for the show. So while a host of legitimate relationships have come out of the re reality show, most of the flings made with spotlight, fade with the spotlight. Mm -hmm. And you don't get to choose your dancing partner. There are some celebs that have wishes, and we always say we can't guarantee that. Um, in the end, though, the producers get to select the pairings. Of course they do. But dancers also don't get to choose their star either. So although fans think that they've spotted trends in partners, like why are Mark Ballas's partners always young, the professional dancers have no input on who they actually end up competing with. And producers also choose the music, which makes sense because their dancers are told at the beginning of the week, this is what we're dancing to. But I feel like they try a little hard. Like, Caitlin Bristow dancing to, um, what was the song? The country song that I love. Ah, Luke Combs. Uh, crazy Beautiful? Yes. Uh, crazy the, Love? The, the dancers are allowed to suggest songs at the beginning of the season, but since there are so many pairs to coordinate performances with, producers take the lead on deciding who will dance what. And sadly, you also can't choose the theme. So whether it's a cha-cha night or all about Disney, these teams don't pick the themes and they vary from season to season. And if you're part of the cast, of course, you're going to get paid. Both the dancers and stars are paid for appearing on the show. According to reports, celebrities earn a $125,000 signing bonus and can earn up to $295,000 total. It's insane. Ugh. But you can compete for bonus payments. So how do stars make more than their $125,000 signing bonus? Their paycheck increases the more they advance on the show. So with finalists earning up to $50,000, 
for the final two episodes. This creates an incentive to keep stars committed to the competition. But the dancers don't get paid as much as the stars. It's been reported that the professional dancers make close to $5,200 per episode, which which adds up to about $100,000 per season. That's sad. Mm-hmm. And I think we've all known this one, but you do have to practice seven days a week. So Dancing with the Stars has a reputation for having a demanding rehearsal schedule. And according to former Olympian Amy Purdy, there are no days off. Celebrities meet and rehearse from their with their partners every day to prepare for the Monday Night Live show. You have to. Yeah. And you have to use the show's hair and makeup teams. The show receives a lot of pushback on this rule. Women have had their fear about wanting to have their own hair and makeup artists, but you can't have them there. Um, it's an award-winning team. Kirstie Alley, which I'm not surprised, had a very yeah. hard time with it and really fought it. Um, now Kirstie uses um, her the makeup artist from the show for herself. So, Of course. Uh, contestants have to get spray tans every week. I so love that. I do I do have to say, at least it's spray tans and they're not making them do tanning beds. Right. Uh, but the show's rumored spray tan Sundays are all too real. As the show's head makeup artist um, revealed, each contestant gets bronzed from head to toe once a week in preparation for taping. Does that include that really, really pale ice skater guy? Because he's really pale. Uh, yeah, I wonder if it might not have worked because he's so pale. Right. It would have just, like, made him orange. Yeah. Um, let's see. Yep, okay. And then the same rule applies to wardrobe. The wardrobe team is award-winning and is um, really versed in ballroom dancing costumes. Because of this, the show insists that all wardrobe decisions are made by their team. That makes sense, too. But you do have to be flexible with wardrobe. Um, so former dancing pro Tony Davalani uh, says that costumes usually aren't finished until an hour before the show. That's crazy. Cease stressful. People don't get to wear their costumes until dress rehearsal. There are alterations being made from the dress rehearsal until the live show. Like, what are they trying to do? Give these people a freaking anxiety attack? But I do feel like they know, like, Caitlin was practicing in boots. This she last was, week, yeah. And in her performance, she had boots on. Um, you have to arrive early the morning of the live show. Every pair must arrive at 7.45 a.m. ahead of the run-through um, with the live band. So I realize how that's earlier because the show is taping, but it's not, like, early. But it's early for these types of people. Like, Oh, true. When you're a like, celebrity type, many times your day doesn't start until close to noon, afternoon, because they're more night owl people. No, yeah, true. I would not be a good celebrity. I'd be asleep. <laughs> uh, dress rehearsal is also mandatory. You don't get an option. Mm-hmm. This is when producers and the, show's di- and the show's director make sure that the show is mapped out the way they want it. So you must be there. And producers can change anything in a performance. During the dress rehearsal, producers and the director have control over the performance and are allowed to tweak any aspect of it, which could mean anything from wardrobe to lighting changes. Interesting. And celebrities are expected to contribute to the choreography, uh, which kind of explains uh, Caitlin Bristol's little uh, break dance. Mm-hmm. But while the pro dancers take the lead, celebrities aren't along for just the ride. Both team members are expected to contribute, so which often ends up being a great, which 
often ends up being a great source of drama. Mm-hmm. And the group number, which when does the group number happen? I know, I haven't seen, maybe they're not doing it because of COVID. Oh, yeah. Um, so the group number, the stars don't get a say. Um, the, oh, the group opening number that fans have come to love. So it must be at the beginning of the show. I'm new to this, Amber. I'm not a uh, yeah, stars too. pro. Um, contestants don't have any say in the creative direction for this dance and are required to participate each week. Oh, so it must be at every opening? But we haven't seen one at every opening. I think I do remember that when I watched a previous season. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they did have one at the beginning, but I don't think they're doing it this year. Because we always see Tyra Banks, like, walk out like she's on the catwalk. Because she's Which I also sexy. fast forward through. Oh. Yeah. I don't have time for that. No. Um... And you have to give an interview after every performance, apparently. As soon as the team steps off the dance floor, they're thrown in front of the camera for an interview. While it may be a welcome distraction for some of the stars as they wait for their scores to be determined, it's also necessary for the show to get the reactions to their performance. And producers have control over the storylines. Although some claim that the show is faked or fixed by producers, showrunner Rob Wade insists that they merely follow emerging storylines that develop from the contestants. To do this, producers keep a close eye on what's going on with each team and build any potential drama. Yeah. You have to be willing to share on camera. So the show's producers told Glamour that there's a lot that doesn't make it onto TV, but the stars opening up to viewers is one of the key parts of the show. So you have to open yourself up to the process, seeing Max, I'm not even going to attempt that name, at his most vulnerable with Meryl made people want to see his journey. Um, and I could see that. I mean, that's why we hear such emotional stories, just like Bachelor and Bachelorette. Mm-hmm. And if you get injured, you can't compete. It's survived 28 seasons dancing with the stars, but not without a few injuries. Sometimes contestants are cleared to dance, but if an injury is deemed too serious for them to continue, they're forced to drop out of the competition. So that makes sense why... Caitlin was so freaked out about her foot. Yeah. And I mean, thankfully, Cheryl Burke made it through smacking her head. Yeah. But as we saw last season, stars can be replaced. So sometimes as show business is, the show must go on just with a different star. In the case of Christy Brinkley, who broke her wrist and needed surgery, the model subbed in her daughter, Sailor Cook Brinkley. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this next one kind of applies to any like, show. Yeah. You can't wear logos on television. Due to licensing rights, no logos, brand names, or sports teams can be on the clothes on the show. Apparently, the only celebrity to get an exception to this rule was Master P. I was at a couple of meetings with Master P when he threatened to leave. He wanted to wear this jacket with a logo on it and threatened to leave because of it. And I was like, okay, wear your freaking jacket. Wow, buddy. Uh, there's a strict no-lift rule. So, Dancing with the Stars judge Carrie Ann Anaba, is that how you say her last name? Yeah, very good. Uh, has made it clear that she supports the ban, which was to keep the playing field level for the older and less physically strong contestants so that all the dances didn't just become show dances with lists and tricks. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, and I think we knew this one, but dancers are scored by more than just the judges. In 2019, Dancing with the Stars debuted a new voting system where live votes from the audience determines a bottom two, and then the judges have the final say. Unless you are in Mountain Standard Time, 
and you miss it every single time you try to vote. You got to follow Kate Lynn Bristow. She starts messaging on her live feed <gasps> or on her Insta story. I know, but I don't even go on social media anymore, really. I get home and I just, I can't. <laughs> or I'm still at work. The other night, I didn't come home until like 7.30. Oh, goodness. Uh, contestants have to promote the show, though, as you mentioned. Um, there's a ton of press attention that goes with appearing on the show. And from revealing the team pairings by week by week um, and elimination updates, the cast are rig- the cast. Uh, sorry, Piper's like digging in trash. The cast are regulars on the morning talk show circuit. Yeah. And the winners take home more than just bragging rights. In addition to their salary and, of course, the title of Dancing with the Stars champion, the winning team receives the Mirrorball Trophy, where they can put wherever they want. And the picture of this is with Derek Huff. And, um, oh, my God, her name just escaped me. Yeah. But it's the crocodile's uh, daughter. Brandy? Steve Irwin. Brittany? Brindy. Brindy. Bindy. Bindy. I, I realize I'm forgetting her name, but I love her. And I think she just recently announced that she's pregnant. Their dances were my favorite. The one that she did for her dad. Oh, so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for some, the competition doesn't end at the finale. So ABC puts on a live tour after the Dancing with the Stars season wraps up. Uh, the tour means that some contestants, whether they were Mirrorball Trophy winners or not, get more time on the dance floor. And I'm guessing they probably get paid for that. Yeah. So those are some of the rules. I thought that was a fun little tidbit for us to go over before we talk about the last two weeks of Dancing with the Stars. Yay. So we're going to go back to last week since we're recording podcasts every other week. Uh, I'll lead this one. I see your face, Amber. you got to take notes. <laughs> I know. I took notes on The Bachelorette okay. and on The um, Amazing Race. All right, so last week, Derek Huff came back and did the pasta doble with his girlfriend, mm-hmm. Haley, and they looked amazing. They did. They're so cute. Um, I only highlighted three of my favorite dances. Nev Schulman and his dancer, Jenna, they did a jazz dance, and they got a 26 oh, yeah. out of 30. Um, so Sky Jackson's performance, ugh. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't that great. Where she did really bad and got an 18 out of 30. I felt really yeah. bad for her. And then Caitlin Bristow, she did a samba. Um, and it, the, her pre-performance video was very cute. Um, oh, yeah. It was to Jason. Uh-huh. And she was saying that she was struggling so hard. Um, and she ended up being amazing. But Carrie Ann wasn't super impressed. Oh, yeah. Um, she said that Caitlin had set the bar pretty high, and she needed to push even harder. But she still got a 27 out of 30. She did. She did. She still did a really good job. And last week, Vernon Davis went home. That's right. I was like, I do not remember who went home last night. And then this <sighs> week, we had the Villains Night. Which I loved. I loved this night. It was so much fun. Um, I, I only have two. No, no I, have, I have a couple. All right, so of course, Caitlin did Cruella DeVille, mm-hmm. and I didn't love her dance this week. I didn't love it either. I felt like it didn't give her enough. I mean, they asked to see her push themselves and or push herself and give them more. And so knowing what we just read, the fact that the producers didn't give her something that was going to be able to push her to give them what they wanted to see was a little disappointing. Right. 
Yeah, she needs to show that she is, even though she's amazing, she needs to show that she's excelling. Yeah. And I don't think she was able to do that this week. I loved Chriselle Stouse's Maleficent performance. Oh, yeah, that was really good. And she, it was mentioned on Nick Biles' podcast this week um, that she was actually a contender to be Bachelorette many years ago. Oh. Yeah. Crazy how our worlds collide, Amber. Right. No. Johnny Ware's Vampire. Yeah. I mean, it was good. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Um, Sky <laughs> Jackson redeemed herself this week with the, the Chucky did. performance. Mm-hmm. I liked the Chucky performance. Nev Schulman. I also liked the Hannibal. Look at the Hannibal one. I didn't make note of that one. I liked that one. I think that was the first one. It was really good. Yeah. Um, Nev Schulman again. Swan. Swan Lake. Yeah, he did such a good job. Mm, so good. He got a 30 out of 30. It makes sense. He did. Um. Do, 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 do. Yeah, that's those are the only ones I had indicated that uh, Nellie's was good. It was Freddy Krueger. Yeah, it was good, but I also fast forwarded, so you know. So uh, final two. AJ's were, was really good. I fast forwarded. Oh, sorry. It was so good. What was so good about it? Um, it was just the way that he like that he portrayed the character because he was Norman Bates, and um there was just such intensity and he did such a good job at all of this footwork and just moving around. I just really enjoyed it. Well, the bottom two were, were Jenny May and Monica Aldama. Um, and it was tied. They had to break the, the judges had to break the tie and yeah. poor Monica left. Oh, I was really worried that Caitlin was going to end up in the bottom two. Why? Because her score, she was like the last, second to last on the scoreboard. Yeah, but she's got Bachelor Nation behind her. No, I know, but, you know, it's nerve-wracking. You want to jump into Mass Singer? Because we do have week four to talk about. We do? Yeah, the childhood-themed episode where the, the baby alien was revealed. Oh, right. This is the problem with podcasting every other week. <laughs> you got to take notes, Amber. Well, and last week there wasn't an episode, like there wasn't an actual new episode. Right. So it so threw the, me off. The baby alien was NFL player Mark Sanchez. Oh my God. He was so good. Mm-hmm. I loved him. And I don't know, like it honestly makes me, that's why I also like this show is because people I wouldn't normally think that I would love. I love, like he kind of put himself out there in a different way that you don't normally see a football player. Um, and it was really cool. I loved it. But like you said, last week, and I thought something was wrong with my DVR, because I don't follow sports. I didn't know what was happening. There was no Mass Singer. I had to Google, Google, and finally found that the Los Angeles Dodgers and the Tampa Bay Rays were taking up my TV time. Yeah, I was a little agitated. But um, I think, who won the World Series? Uh, Dodgers. Go Dodgers. Um, It's over, so it'll be on again tonight. I know. So, real quick story. Uh, last night I was watching the bachelorette and I, you know, I fast forward. So I do start it later. Well, Nick left to go to home Depot and came back and he thought I'd be completed. Well, I hadn't finished yet. And so when I ended it, he asked me to turn it to the world series and it had just ended. 
So we all we saw was the Dodgers hugging each other and like being on. Oh my God. Nick was like a sad little puppy for like an hour. Oh, he was extremely devastated. But in my defense, he had one, his cell phone, which streams live TV. MLB.com. Two, we have, yep, we have two TVs in our house. So two other TVs. So he could have gone to either one of the bedrooms and watched the TV. Or he could have said, hey, Amber, can you pause this and either go to another room to watch it or let me watch it here? There were many options. So he shouldn't have been that sad. He should have just been mad at himself. Right. Right. Sorry. Yeah. So it'll be back. I hear there might be a Backstreet Boy. One of the guys or one of the people might really? be a Backstreet Boy. Yeah. I haven't heard that yet, but I am excited because this week there's going to be new people. A C group. Yeah. I did see that. Um, yeah. I'm not. I am not Ashley. I am not good at this. So oh, I do. I do look up the guesses. Yeah, and I, I am horrible. I, I maybe she when she joins us, hopefully next week or next podcast. Maybe I shouldn't discuss the spoilers that I've read. <laughs> she probably wouldn't appreciate that because she actually likes the mental challenge of trying to guess these. <sighs> I will know. say I try to go to the articles that like list out all of the um, clues and try to see if I can like look stuff up, but. It takes a lot of work. It does. Ain't nobody got time for that. I'm not smart at this. All right. Big Brother. Like we said, it's going to be the finale tonight. So So when we we last met, Nicole nominated Memphis and Christmas. Then Nicole won the veto. And Memphis was evicted. Then Enzo won HOH and nominated Nicole and Christmas. Um, And Cody won veto and sent Christmas out the door. Now we're yeah. down to the final three, Nicole, Enzo, and Cody. Friday's episode was the reminiscing episode, which it does show, like, things that we've missed. Like, the Bailey bicycle, I don't remember seeing that. Yeah. I didn't watch a lot of the reminiscing uh, episode because I was, I just wasn't having it. Uh, Monday night was part one of the final head of household and... I got to like, Nicole did very well. She was very strategic in what she was doing. Um, she was, yeah. Enzo dropped pretty quickly. Uh-huh. Um, Nicole won, beating Cody. So now she'll face off um, with whoever wins the second part of the HOH competition, which will be aired tonight. And then um, between her and whoever she faces off, whoever wins that will be the final HOH, and they get to pick who comes to the final two. Have you been voting for America's Favorite Player? No, but I heard them announce that, and I was like, oh, shit, why haven't I been voting for Ten votes a day. Ten votes a day, Amber. You could have been voting for ten ten votes a day for your favorite. I know. I'm sorry. I'm busy. So am I. covid when COVID is done in the middle of 2021, then I will get back to life. My 40th birthday in July better not have COVID. I'm just saying. It <laughs> needs to be done by then. So tell your team to fix it. We're working on it. We're working on it. Q2. That's where the hopes are dreams. And I have no words, but that's, that's what we're betting on. So for our next podcast, which is in two weeks, um, I have a whole list of rules <laughs> For Big Brother players. And I almost brought it this week, but I was like, no, we can only have one. And I feel like when we talk about whoever wins and how we feel about it, it'll be a great little tie-in. So stay tuned in two weeks. All right. 
amazing race. It kicked off since we met last. Yes. I got to say, this is the first time watching Amazing Race, I think. I may have watched yeah, it a I little bit when I when there were Big Brother people on it once, but I didn't really get into it. Yeah, I would say the same thing. I I watched maybe a couple episodes here and there in the past, but this is the first time that I'm like fully committed and I'm watching. It's stressful. Yeah. It really is. So week I one... They indicated that the Amazing Race has now traveled more than one million miles around the globe, and I've missed all of them. (laughs) But we have 11 hungry brand new teams, um, and they all met at the Hollywood Bowl, and then they set off, and they went to Trinidad. Yeah, it was crazy. That's a lot that happened right away. They're going to be ready to go. They immediately hop in cabs in search of a 24-hour fruit stand. Um, and then they get a clue there that instructs them to look um, to roll oil drums a quarter of a mile down the street and deliver them to a Saturday night street party. It's just so much happening. So much. Oh, and you get, do get to hear a little bit of the, um, each of them as you get going of like what kind of couple they are. So you kind of got a good mix. Mm-hmm. And after Trinidad, they go to Tobago. Mm-hmm. And I think um, they're on – okay, this is where they go to the ocean. And they got to find the fish that matches the color and the combination. Like, my brain was like, without my phone or a notepad, I would never have remembered all of that. Oh, yeah, no. Um, And then (laughs) Chi and Hung make a very grave mistake. They they remember their four-digit combination – but they didn't remember the colors. Jerry and Frank mm-hmm. didn't even look at the combination or at the <laughs> di- didn't look at the numbers. So another thing that this show has reminded me of, read the freaking directions. Always. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then after the fish thing, they have to go play a song on the seal pan. Yes. And then we have the goat races. I love the goat races. I could not stop laughing. Every time somebody got taken out, because there were, I mean, you get your favorite couples, and there were some that I didn't like, and some of them just got roasted by those goats. And I feel like when Ashley joins this podcast, we'll be able to dig a little bit deeper into Amazing Race. Yeah. Because she has passion. Me, I'm she like, I'm, I'm new, and I feel a little overwhelmed, so I'm taking notes about what's happening. I don't have thoughts yet. Um, I did think it was odd that the professional athletes came in ninth and 10th place in the first week. <laughs> But I think that that also shows, like, I think that's the great thing about this it's show. It's more so mind than, yeah. I mean, you think that if you're really, because I think the football, the former NFL stars said that at one point too, they're like, you know, we're physically fit, like, we're going to be able to do this, but it's not just about being physically fit. You really only need that, at least so far, to, like, run to all the locations. Like, you don't actually need it to compete or to complete the competition. You got to read the directions. You do have to read the directions. So the first week, Nathan and Cody came in last, and they were eliminated. And I really liked them. Oh, see, I didn't like them as much. I was kind of glad they went home. So then we come to week two, and they go to um, they all jump on a flight to Columbia. So they all start out same level. Mm -hmm. They again hop into cabs and head (laughs) toward a mine where they have to search for under the in the underground tunnels for hourglasses. Which gives them the power to use a yield, as they were calling it, which means you can pause other people, right? 
Yes. So um, the teams couldn't sign up for a time to leave the next day until they found a yield. It was either a 10-minute yield or a 20-minute yield. Now, I was doing some research, and it has been 13 years since they've had the yield. Hmm. Yeah. Really? That's interesting. So the Amazing Race All-Stars um, 2007 was the last time it was it was part of the game, according to my Google wow. search. Um but no one used the yield. Yeah, no one used it. <laughs> I was like, come on. They're being Ugh. too friendly. They are. They're trying to make alliances. Yeah. So then they have to sign up for a 6 a.m. or a 6.30 a.m. flight. Mm-hmm. Right, do you have any thoughts? I feel like I'm just running through my bullet points. I have more thoughts like towards the end. And I okay. think I have more thoughts on like the individual couples. Okay, so talk about that. I, I just feel like I'm, I don't have any emotional connection to anyone yet, so I don't have an opinion about them. I'm just following what they're doing. Oh, so I personally, I'm obsessed with Riley and Madison, who are the pro volleyball players. Mm-hmm. They have amazing beards, by the way. And I'm actually really liking the former NFL stars. So it's Gary and D'Angelo. I don't know who, what their last name are. I don't even know what team they're from. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just like their personalities and I like the way that they handle things. Um, Where I think some of the other ones, Hung and Chi are actually, they're married parents. And I think they're doing a really good job. I love them. I do love them. They're really good. They have some great communication Um, where some of these other teams, I feel like they don't have the best communication. I honestly thought the siblings, Aparna and Eswar, were going to be out real early. But, and I was never a fan of the Olympic hurdlers. Mm. I never, like, there was just, I don't know. There was something that got me on a weird kick with them. And I think they struggled a lot though, too. And they just didn't set themselves up. Right. Cause you don't know what the competition is before you decide who's going to do it. Um, but yeah, I like their circus comp. The circus part of the their competition. Circus competition was cool. That was a lot of fun. And then they had to decorate the big trucks to perfectly align. Right. And again, read the directions. Read the directions. Because the horns stomped almost How all did- of them. I know. How did everybody miss that until the last minute? I don't know. But, um, yeah. <sighs> so the hurdlers were the ones that were kicked off. Yep. I was glad to see them go. All right. Bachelor news. Oh. <laughs> Matt James' there- season is filming. And they're yep. filming in Pennsylvania at a resort called Nemecolin Woodlands Resort. Interesting. And it has been in the in the dark web confirmed that Tyler Cameron is there Ooh. to be his friend. Interesting. Yeah. So while Claire got to bring her dog, Matt James <laughs> got to Tyler. bring Tyler Cameron. Yeah. Um, And then the only other Bachelor news that I have before we jump into Bachelorette is, did you listen to Caitlin's new song? I did. I like it. It's cute. Mm -hmm. It's about Jason, Jason. and I just love it. Yeah. Okay, so Bachelorette. Last week, we had a date card with Riley Jordan Yosef 
Yvonne, Ben, Bennett, Zach, C, Zach, J, and Dale. Um, it was the first group dated the season. So they followed up Trail of Hearts. Um, that's where they did the love languages thing. Which I think they also missed one or we just didn't get to see it. Missed one. Because I only have that they did four. Like they did Words of Affirmation oh, first, yes. which was super awkward. Correct. They did um, quality gift time. giving. Yeah, gift giving. Physical touch and quality of quality time. But they never did acts of service. No. I did think that too. I did think that, yeah. So maybe we just didn't see it, but you know. And then the um, evening part was of the there anything date that- was the quality time. Um, and uh, Claire arrives and no one asks to steal her. It's kind of an oh. awkward moment. It's more the guys want to hang out with the guys. And then I forget which guy, but one of the guys um, steals her and she's like, no. And she goes back and like yells at him. But then Yosef yeah. tries to speak on behalf of everyone. And Riley's like, oh, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. I... So I heard that there was a lot of backlash regarding her kind of yelling at them. So there was a couple articles where I saw people talking about how either she should be giving the guys a break or like, I don't know. I've seen a lot of articles kind of talking about Claire and how people are feeling about her being the bachelorette. But um, I don't know. Like, I don't know how I felt about that. Like, I get it. Like, normally everybody jumps up. But at the same time, I thought that was a nice... Chill. It was different from what we normally see. Right. These are older people that are going to act with a little bit more maturity. At some point, I need to use the word older. Um, Dang it. Ha ha. They're not 20-something. They're not in their early 20s. Right. They're more mature. Like, they're not all trying to... Even though this is, quote-unquote, a competition, they're not really truly being there and I think that's something that I've seen throughout the episode so far I have a lot of opinions but in general I think this is really kind of a good group of guys so far agree and they've all been really good and although there's been drama it hasn't been like over the top necessarily mm-hmm. yet um I don't know I think they've been handling things really well and then we have the one-on-one date with Jason where they list out things that others have said about them in the past so they can, like, um, let it go, smash the tiles. Um, yeah. Claire lists, like, needy, hard to love, the B word. Jason lists manipulative, selfish, <laughs> cold, mean, run. Yeah, red flags. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but nope, let me give him the rose. Yeah. And then we have the. <laughs> The infamous group date. The dodgeball group date. The group date that will not end. No. And it ends up being strip dodgeball. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Which. What do you think? I have. I'm really (sighs) indifferent. Yeah, I think I'm indifferent, too. Like, I mean, I don't want. So my other thing is, is that this would have never flown with women. If you had. If you had brought women into this dodgeball game and then said, we're going to play strip dodgeball. There's no way you would have gotten away with this with women. But there were, there were lingerie pillow fights. No, I know. I'm just saying, like, I just find it very interesting. It's comparable. Like, I didn't like the lingerie pillow fights either. Yeah, no. And Claire made it seem like it was her idea, but I don't really know if it was her idea. Yeah. Um, It's definitely had people talking about The Bachelor. Yeah. 
for or bachelorette. I, have, I think, I mean, we'll get into those comments. I'm assuming that Yosef had and all of this, but I thought it was just something fun. Like it did suck for those that lost. Mm-hmm. So I get that, but it was just something fun. Lighten up the mood. I mean, you guys are stuck in quarantine. You can't really do much else. You're just stuck in this resort kind of, I mean, I don't know. Right. So then I don't know what I was just to say, like, I feel like uh, men just kind of do like random shit like that all the time. I feel like that could have been something they decided to do on a Saturday. Um, Right. Right. But not (laughs) Yosef. He doesn't do that on Saturday. No. Yeah. Um, The losing team had to walk back to wherever they were staying on the resort um, in minimal clothing. But Blake Moynez. Mm-hmm. Um, decides that even though they're not supposed to be a part of the evening date because they lost, he's going to break the rules. So he runs to Claire um, and he heads to the cocktail to- cocktail party, pisses everyone off. And she kind of yeah. was like, oh, hi, hi. Okay. And blows him off. I felt bad for him. It's hard to watch. So, And I felt like he was, when they were sitting down and tr- he was trying to explain why he was there, I kind of understood. I mean, she did kind of set this up. She was the one who said, I appreciate you breaking the rules. I appreciate Mm -hmm. you looking and being concerned. And she is consistently saying, I want somebody here who is here for me and that is willing to show me that I am what they want. That's exactly what he did. Um, Nick hated it. But I didn't have, I mean, it was kind of annoying, but he didn't have any like real strong feelings about it. And although she blew him off, I mean, it came back around later. Yeah. Yeah, where he got the rose so, before the rose ceremony just to make him feel better, and he got a kiss. Yeah. And I found it was interesting that, you know, Easy is somebody who I've really started to like. Oh, he's great. And, yeah, I love him. And it, he didn't take it. I liked his take on it where it wasn't, oh, Blake gets a rose for blah, blah, blah. Like, he wasn't bitching about it like we probably would have seen with a younger group of men mm-hmm. in the past. He was more like, okay, I see how it is. There's no rules. Like, there is no rules. If she wants somebody who wants to show her that they're here for her or whatever, like, that's what we got to do. So I kind of liked that it almost gave him a little bit more nudge. Right. And then she sits down with Brandon. Oof-da. Yeah. What did you think about that conversation? Well, first, it was super awkward. So awkward. Um. It was very awkward. He could and have I said think, anything. He could have made something up. Yeah, he could have done it literally anything, but talk about only her looks. Right. I mean, I have very mixed opinions regarding Claire for myself, mm-hmm. but I did appreciate this conversation because this is something that we are seeing from a more mature bachelorette. She's saying, don't just come on here because I'm good looking. I want you to be here because I have other things to give. Like, right. And so she sends him home and she sent him home because it was just too superficial. She didn't want something like that. And I was down with it. Yeah. It was very, um, very hard to watch, but Ugh. bye. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we head to the cocktail party and that's where we start to see how, um, Oh, no. That's when the... No. no. Then we head to the cocktail party, right? And Yosef is starting to show that he's upset about the, the dodgeball, right? Yeah. I mean, he had kind of alluded to it a little bit in the other, like, clips in between different uh, 
dating things. Mm-hmm. But this is really where he starts bringing out, and he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna say something to her." Right. And I wanted Yosef to go home since day one. I know the other guy, the other Tyler, should have been able to stay. I agree. Um, and then before the first uh, that episode ends, Claire takes Blake aside, and that's when he gets the rose. Yes. Yeah. Then we're on to episode three, which was yes. last night. It was, yeah. So that's we we start back up with Yosef, who's still oh. steaming um, about Claire's immaturity, saying she's classless, and the guys are like, "Dude, stop telling us. You need to go talk to her." Yeah, and then he tells her that she's disrespectful and that there are red flags, and he's ashamed to be associated with her. He and could that, have handled this so differently. So different. So. And he's such an ass. He's just an ass. You're not setting the right example for my daughter. I can't believe I've sacri- sacrificed so much to be here just for this tasteless and classless display. Like. Mm. Yeah. And she did sit there and she listened, listened to him. To she him. let him talk. And then when she started talking, he was like, no, I'm not done. Oh, no, you're done. Yeah. So. And she had I, to. Um, use the same words that she used for Juan Pablo. I never thought I'd have to repeat these words to another man. I'd never want my children to have a father like you. And I do remember mm-hmm. her saying that to Juan Pablo. Yep. And he left. But then, Claire needs to be consoled. She does. And so, here comes Dale. Oh, yes. Dale. Yeah, and she's like, I'm falling in love with him. It's week three. Like, if we didn't yeah. know the spoilers. Right. I mean, oh, yeah. And all those men, I mean, the, all the men were, like, walking around her and, like, doing that. And she didn't melt into anybody the way she did with Dale. No. And she canceled the cocktail party. And she yep. starts handing out the roses. Blake, Menar, Garen, and Tyler S. are all out in addition to Yosef. And Tyler S. is... Related to Granger Smith. Really? So Tyler S. is the music manager, so we made fun of his, his work title. Um, yeah, he's related to Granger Smith. Oh. The yee yee guy. That's cool. Do you like Granger Smith? I do. Okay. I couldn't tell by your expression. So anyway, no he's out. Brian, but... And then comes the old school bachelorette. Oh, I use the word again. <laughs> Dang it. Deanna. I feel very justified every time you use that. <laughs> Deanna. She comes yeah. in and Claire proceeds to sniff pants. To what? To sniff, sniff pants? pants. She was uh, sniffing Dale's pants. Yeah, that was awkward. I don't know why she had a pair of his pants. I well, so I think it was because of the gift giving. Like they didn't really have oh. anything and so she he gave her his pants. But I didn't actually watch that part. I mean, I watched some of it. Like, I saw the baseball being given, and I saw all these other things, and, like, the guy who had a chess piece, and I was like, where the fuck did you get a chess piece? But whatever. Um, So I think he gave her the pants as the gift, as part of the gift giving. Mm. So I think that's what that was all about. Got it. But um, let's see. They they just chat. They have girl chat. And, um... Well... And it, it leads us to believe, so I, this is how the producers at least set it up, 
is the men are like sitting around waiting for this day group date while right. Claire is just having this girl time with Deanna and she doesn't show up until the evening, which I thought was really fucking shitty. Right. So that was Jason, Jay, Easy, Chasen, Blake, Ed, Riley, and our boy. And Dale. Our boy Dale. Yeah. I keep forgetting his name. How could I do that? <laughs> I'm not Claire. Um, so she canceled the date activity for the day and invited them all over to her place for a cocktail party. But it was super rude, by the way, that she did not tell them she canceled the day date. So they just hung around for like three hours waiting for this bitch to show up. And And she's like, oh, we're going to have quality time tonight. Yeah. And then her and Dale. um, Dean? Dale, why did you look at me bad? Oh, because your phone moved. Oh, I'm sorry. I hit the cord. Oh, so it was like. I was dancing. I was dancing. Um, no, I was not dancing. So when I said his name, you made the look like I got it wrong. And I'm like, no. Oh, no, sorry. (laughs) Um, her, her and Dale just decided to make out for almost an hour. Yeah. Super awkward. And it all made, I mean, it caused the drama only because, um, Dale, now you have me questioning his name. Sorry. Uh, I guess Dale's like, I just, you know, I don't want to disrespect anybody, but I just want to take her for like five minutes. Five minutes. Talk about last night or whatever. And so he says that he's going to take her for five minutes. First of all, I don't understand why they even went back to her room in the first place. Because it's Dale. Why couldn't they have just, like, walked over to the side? And then she brings them to the kitchen, but then they end up in the bedroom. Um. It, it just didn't make sense to me. And I kind of agree with some of the comments that came out later that it was kind of disrespectful. Like, you already didn't show up for your date. You didn't tell them about it. You said you want to spend quality time with them. And now you are gone for 40 minutes to an hour, depending on who you ask. Right. Making out with some guy. And you're telling them, oh, I want to spend so much time and get to know you and blah, blah, blah. But you do not. Mm -mm. Oh, and then when Dale had to come back, I couldn't watch this. It was (laughs) so awkward. I could not handle it. He was a blubbering mess. He wasn't making any was sense. Horrible. Wasn't making any sense. And then for some reason he ended up back at her place. Yeah. And kicked one of the other guys out. And I was like, this is horrible. Oh, yeah. It was not okay. And then he's like, I didn't know she was in there. But she okay. just continued to blow off the other guys. And of course, Dale yeah. got the group date rose. Which I still think was really shitty. Mm-hmm. But that's who she I spent re- the date with. I know, but God, it sucks. I felt bad for Dale a little bit because I knew, but I also felt bad for the other guys. True. And that sucked. And then we had the one-on-one date with Zach J. Oh, that date. They had the spa, then they were in the pool. <sighs> and she's still all the while talking about Dale and how she misses Dale and she just wants to see Dale. And then we see that there are, like, they kind of pan Claire, back to the men. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Oh. Go ahead. Well, so they pan back to the men talking about Dale and their connection and how it's always all about Dale. And then somebody says, well, I heard there was a rumor that they were involved before. Mm. Um, I feel like that might just be a rumor just because of how strong their connection is. I don't know that it actually happened. Everyone's but. denying it. His sister, Claire, everyone. Yeah. Um, so. And then, so with her and Zach, 
It was Oof. so weird. She like leaned in for a kiss after the pool time, and then she like backed up as though she was like, yeah. "Oh n- no, I I shouldn't do this." And that kind of well, sends him spiraling. He's like, "What what happened?" Yeah. Well, and I rewound this and watched it because she kept saying he pulled away, but he never moved. No, she was like, and, "Oh, like it's like she realized, oh, I shouldn't do this." Yeah, it was super awkward, and I felt bad for him, and then she just made it even worse, because all this time, she's been very upfront so far, and she kind of addresses everything that's being felt, but in this moment, she didn't address it. Mm -mm. He asked her what happened, and she didn't say, you pulled away from me. Right. Or nothing. She just kept trying to go away and go away, and then she got super offended by the fact that he grabbed her. Right. And... uh, I'm I'm on a on a fence with this, but I just felt like there was a huge miscommunication. I yeah. don't know. But then she's like, "I'm not I'm not going on this night date." Bye. Yeah. And Chris Harrison Which, has to send him home again. She made him come to the dinner and wait, mm-hmm. and we don't know how long he was waiting. Right. But then Chris comes out. Why don't you just send him home? Right. Or even in that moment, she's been so good about being like, you know what? I'm not feeling this. You need to go. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. And then we go to the group date with comedian uh, Margaret Cho. Oof. Where yes. they're going to do a roast. And they're supposed to roast each other. But they end up just roasting Dale. Yeah. It was... I mean, Dale took it really well. Um, and he kind of just rolled with the punches. Uh, Claire was not happy. No, Claire was definitely not happy. And her and Margaret were talking about how it just seemed very um, aggressive Mm -hmm. and um, hostile is the word they used. Um, But, you know, they did show Easy and Dale kind of talking. And I really appreciated the way that Dale or that Easy handled the conversation with Dale to be like, well, this is what we're seeing and this is what we're feeling. And Dale was like, you know what? They roasted me and it was well deserved. Like I've been manipulating a lot of her time, blah, blah, blah. So I thought that conversation was actually really good. And I'm actually surprised the producers even showed it. Right. But then that leads to the, well, they have to show everything because there wasn't a lot. She was out day 12. Um, So then they go to the, the evening portion of the date. And all she wants to do is talk about Dale. Yeah. And she just would not let it go. Mm-mm. And even the men were sitting there saying, you know what? I don't want to have this entire night be about Dale. And they kind of opened the door. I mean, I don't know what they thought she was going to do. If you're going to roast only Dale for the majority of this roast that we're doing, when you were specifically given rules to roast each other in the group date, I'm going to ask questions. But it didn't need to be the entire conversation with every single one of them. And she Once would loop it a- back. Like, they would answer and deflect, and she would loop back. It was so hard to watch. Yeah, and I felt really bad for the men because they were actually trying to not have, like, say anything bad about Dale. Mm -hmm. And she just would not let it go. And so then at the end of the date, she didn't give her rose to anyone because she said she didn't get what she needed. And, and like... Her interview, she's like, I'm not going to sit here um, after they dished on my fiancé so hard. Yep. She used the F word. Fiancé, yeah. they're not engaged. I, you know, I've said it from the beginning. I am not a fan of Claire. 
I really was excited about the fact that they were at least entertaining and going through with the idea of having a more mature bachelorette. However, it has not panned out all that well, because although in some cases she really is like, we can see that maturity level and we can kind of see like with the deeper conversations and how she addresses things. Like I get that, but she's really kind of, She's, she's been just giving, taking this over. She's been given this golden opportunity to go yeah. through this process, journey, whatever you want to call it. And she has said herself that she falls hard and fast. And that is what she's doing, which obviously hasn't worked for her. Because yeah. she's still single at 39. And so I think going through the journey and going through the steps would have been very beneficial for her but instead she blows it up as they say and we saw Mm -hmm. that it's happening next week and it was a hundred percent revealed taisha coming out of the pool that taisha's coming and yeah she she skipped a cocktail party she skipped a group date she skipped dinner portion of a date she declined to give her rose after a second group date she's not on the bachelorette anymore yeah no and i think that's in the beginning, I was trying to figure out, like, how are these men going to just, like, transfer their feelings? Well, now I know, because none of them really had an opportunity to gain feelings for no. her. So it won't make that much of a difference when they bring Tasha in, at least I don't think. And it, there may actually be an opportunity there for Tasha. But I also feel like Claire has really given... She just has given herself a bad name, and she's also given more mature women a bad name. Like, I concerned that in the future we won't be able to see someone who's over the age of 30 again because she just has taken this and ran with it right by saying you know i'm more mature i know what i want i know what i'm doing and all of these things i know what i'm looking for and she just kind of took it and ran with it and it has just been a shit show it has it has i don't know i've not enjoyed it it'll be interesting to see what happens next week right Oh, yes. And I do think it will be interesting to see. I think the men are the one who actually push her out as opposed to her being like, I'm not going to do this. But I also read that um, somebody had posted a uh, tweet that talking about how the producers have forced her out of The Bachelorette and she liked it. So, I mean, she could just be causing drama. She did. That's clear. But Chris Harrison um, had, I think, a comment in the last two days about how it, this was Claire's show, Claire's choice. And I don't know, maybe Chris Harrison would lie. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I honestly feel like she's just in the same ballpark as Juan Pablo. No. In regards to how the season is going, and, like, we all disliked Juan Pablo early on. No, we didn't. I didn't until the end. Oh, I did. I loved him. Um, but in other news, Chris Harrison has a, a line of wedding yeah. bands that dropped today. I did not know. They're pretty nice. Um, anyway, so we'll see what are they happens. Only, are they men and women's lines or rings bands? They're mainly more, they just, they're more um, unisex and masculine. Masculine. Okay. Yeah. They they don't have Got the it. sparkly diamonds and the feminine side. <sighs> Um, what are you listening to? Uh, so I obviously listen to Caitlin Bristow. 
Mm-hmm. That's a new song. Yeah. Um, I recently downloaded the Carrie Underwood uh, Christmas CD or album. Oh. And um, one of the songs on there I am obsessed with. Um, and I also like it because I don't feel like it's just a Christmas song or a holiday song. It's called, I had it written down, um, but my notes got all messed up. Um, it is called let there be peace. And I really like it. Like the musical background and the words in it, I just love. So I've been listening to that. And then, um, I'm also finishing up listening to counterclock season two. I, I have been catching up with Counterclock. I've been um, catching up with um, Behind the Rose, Blake Horseman's podcast. He's had some interesting oh, guests right. on recently. Um, I, did you hear that Dr. Death season two is coming? No. Where did you hear this? I think I unsubscribe from things that don't post. So I normally have unsubscribed from, I have unsubscribed from Dr. Death. Um, because I don't want to hear like the random updates or whatever that are really weird, but it somehow got, um, like the little, like five minutes got on to one of my other ones. Okay. And, um, oh my gosh. Okay. So I'm trying to find a little thing about it, but it's not telling me what season two is about, but I do remember. So it's about, um, a provider called Dr. Fada, Dr. Fada. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are located in Michigan and um, I actually think uh, so. Oh, wait. Um, it actually features two cases. Here we go. Um, so it features two cases regarding um, providers. Oh my gosh, you guys, I'm horrible at this right now. Um, it's about a provider that deals with cancer. And um, this is. When does it drop? So I think the first episode is dropping dropping in like the next week or two. Okay. Why can I not find the details that I'm looking for in this article? Um, features two new cases of doctors betraying their oath, leading to fatal outcomes for their patients. The sophomore season will launch simultaneously with the TV adaptation of the original Doctor Death. Um, and that is all it gives us. Examining cases in which patients end up critically ill. Blah, blah, blah. There was like a nice little quippet of it on something. Well, I'm very Sorry. excited. Um, I'm super excited. I loved Dr. Beth. It was so good. I have discovered a new podcast. Oh. Yes. Um, it's a scripted audio drama. It's called Make It Up As We Go. And... The reason I discovered it is because Miranda Lambert will be in it playing oh. herself. But um, it's it follows the story of an aspiring young songwriter um, who's played by Scarlett Burke and her pursuits to make a name for herself in the music industry. And um, Billy Bob Thornton is in it. Interesting. It's, yeah, Bobby Bones is in it. It's called Make It Up As We Go. And I, they've dropped four episodes i'm all caught up so it's dropping slowly from from a music perspective i have discovered a new song by chris stapleton that i like it's called arkansas it's a banger you need to listen to it okay and then book wise i'm pulling up my libby app because for the next 
Are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay, the video pause. Weird. Oh, because you probably paused me. Um, <laughs> the book is called Such a Fun Age by Kylie Reed. And it's Ooh. good. Yeah, it's good. I am just finishing one of my books, um, the one that I've been listening, reading um, over the last week, which is called... Um, uh, I'm forgetting the name of it now. I can see it in my head. But um, as soon as I finish it, which will be like... It's only... It's in the last chapter, I think. Mm-hmm. So as soon as I finish it, I'm going to try and listen to one of the ones that you recommended. Um, the, um, Megan Miranda? Yes. Oh, Targeted. That's the one I'm reading right now. Very cool. Targeted by Kendra Elliott. Um, yeah. Do you have your po- our Positive Polly? I do. So, I saw this one. Actually, I've been saving it. I saw it on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, in every day, there are 1,440 minutes. That means we have 1,440 daily opportunities to make a positive impact. That's awesome. Wine book number 12. Drink your wine from glasses with wide bowls and narrow openings. The wine. That's me right now. Yes. Perfect. Good job, Amber. The wine's bouquet will be concentrated at the opening, allowing you to stick your nose in and savor it to its full. If it's too wide, the opening that is, some of the precious aroma will be lost. I could have said that's what she said. I know. I was waiting for it. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining us today and listening to us, whichever day you're listening to it. We'll be back in two weeks to give you all the catch-up on all the things that we're watching and so much more. If there's anything that you want us to talk about specifically, send us an email, twogirlsandabottleofwine at gmail.com. All spelled out. Spell the words. Um, yeah, and share us with your friends. Like, subscribe, rate, review. Yep. Bye. Bye.